Hello, it's us. We are here with The Story Goes. It's me, Molly, and Kieran um, from SA2020, the nonprofit organization that drives progress toward a shared vision of a thriving San Antonio. Joining us on the Zoom video, but not in audio, is our pal Katrina, who is with KLRN. We do this podcast in partnership with them, your local public television station, and we could only do it if we have a sponsor, and we do! CPS Energy, thank you so much for sponsoring the story goes, an opportunity for us to tell a more complete story of stuff that's going on in San Antonio, Texas. And we were originally planning on partnering with Gina Amatangelo and her class over at UTSA on a, an in-person event to reaffirm and strengthen San Antonio's community vision for the next decade. And then COVID-19 hit and we stopped doing in-person events completely. And Gina and her students were like, we will not be deterred. <laughs> and that is why they're here today. So Jacob and Shelby and Gina, thank you so much for joining us. We're really glad to be here today. Yes, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. I think it's going to be fun. We'll see about that, Jacob. <laughs> Gina, like, tell us first, what is your class about at mm -hmm. UTSA? What do y'all do? Great. So the class is a civic leadership class for undergraduate students. And so these are students who are minoring in civic engagement, really building their skills to be uh, leaders in the community. And every semester we focus on service projects related to empowering young people to get involved in the community. And these are undergraduate students. So we think about people even younger than them. So we work with high school students and um, support them in issues that they're working on and advocating on and um, partner with different community organizations. So this semester we had planned to partner, as you mentioned, with SA2020 to support your community engagement efforts and have the students lead some of the um, small group conversations at your events. And also we were partnering with a partnership and their Our Tomorrow Network and we were gonna support them in their youth summit as we did last year. Um, but then things changed and we had to adapt and we came up with a new um, approach to how we could still engage with the community and the students could still build their skills um, in leading community conversations. So we have Shelby, one of the students that's in your class. Shelby, tell us more about what is this project? What did y'all end up doing when the crisis hit? Yes, so like Gina said, we had a, a different project almost completely planned out that we were all really excited about. And then the pandemic hit and our stay-at-home orders were put in place. So they came up with the idea of this Compassion Conversations, uh, which was basically uh, me and some other students from UTSA hosted about 10 or I believe 11 small group sessions on Zoom where we kind of roped in people all across San Antonio to participate. <laughs> so we really wanted to have a... a a, bit, a wide range of people that way all different opinions beliefs experiences and circumstances could really be portrayed and talked about so we answered about three questions in each session and everybody who joined and participated was able to answer those questions i feel like you basically described civic engagement in a nutshell which is you just sort of rope <laughs> people in from all over the place and sort of bring them together um, yes which i which i appreciate um you're sort of describing exactly how SA2020 started, right, in community visioning, which was having people from all over the place come together around tables and sort of define what the community could look like over the next decade. Um, and I know that you're 
your desired sort of outcomes are not only to find out how people are coping today with what's going on with COVID-19, but also to really understand what are the things we want to see in place long term. And I'm interested in what it feels like to have been trained in, as facilitators for small in-person discussions and shifting now to being facilitators on a Zoom call and how that's working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think about being a facilitator, I think is one that's really important is being an effective listener. Um, being able to listen to different perspectives and different uh, aspects of what other people have to say, which is, which is really important. And not only that, but I think to be a good facilitator is just show a level of engagement, like your tone of voice. Uh, some things that really worked with me as a facilitator was me just being vulnerable about some situations that I was going through and then that uh, that helped other people just to talk about some new ideas and experiences that really worked as well. The cool problem about me being a facilitator is I was actually engaged with the people and, and I really love what, you know, what they have to say. Oh, you're like also setting up like how conversations today are so difficult yeah. just generally, right? Like we're in such a weird dynamic also just in our country where we mm -hmm. don't really communicate anymore. We just yeah. shoot tweets off or we, right? Like very exactly. quickly sort of, stop or shut down conversations to the talk. So to talk about vulnerability and like, be like, no, I'm actually interested in what you're talking about or interested in your point of view is such a, yeah. a welcome sort of departure from where we are. I'm eager to hear the questions that y'all ask. I think the process of both listening and communicating also oftentimes hinges on the kinds of questions that we're asking one another, right? That prompt us to have deeper and deeper conversations. Mm -hmm. What are the questions that you pose to the community? Yeah, so like the two main questions we wanted to talk about was what are you experiencing and observing right now during this pandemic? And then the other one was how can we demonstrate compassion in as a community during this time? But like first, before I like I talk about this, really want to professor for what she did, like we really created a platform where we encourage community members to be vulnerable and to express like their thoughts and concerns. We had parents, then we had just students and just to see how they, um, the situations that they were dealing with and just uh, the level of just frustration that, that, that was happening. And then um, also just the uncertainty The we just saw we, during our community members, they were just really frustrated. And then also um, one thing that we really like to talk about was um, human interaction and, and in isolation. Um, I think a lot of times we take this stuff for granted, being, uh, having human interaction and just uh, talking to our fellow community members and then that once the pandemic happened, that situation was taken away from us. But then um, we also got to talk about compassion as well and how we can find gratitude now. Um, we saw um, relationships being uh, rekindled either by parents with their children. And then also we talked about for our students, um, how their structure just, everything changed since this pandemic happened. Like they would be so used to having lectures and they would be so used to having an order and then the structure and then now the structure was taken away from them. And now it's just, there's a sense of ownership right now where these students have to um, have to hold themselves to, whether it's turning in an assignment or just, you know, being available in class. And parents were talking about how um, they have to be teachers now. And it was just, mm -hmm. it was just so funny. Being a teacher, like it's, it's, it's a big deal. And um, they were, and then we, we saw levels of gratitude to it as well. By being able to talk on Zoom and be vulnerable, you know, they were able to express their concerns and express some things that, you know, they were struggling with. I appreciate Jacob, you sort of running us through th this idea of like, it's parents and it's kids, it's teachers and it's students, yeah. right? It's like there was sort yeah. of a, 
a hodgepodge of people and it's weirdly nostalgic um, for yeah. me to hear you talk about that because I, it immediately brings up what it felt like in 2010 when we kicked this all off. Mm -hmm. and I, I know Gina yeah. remembers that very specifically, like you were sitting at these tables with parents and students and teachers and sort of everybody was feeling sort of an opportunity to talk about where we could be going as a community. Um, Shelby, as a one of the facilitators on this, um, are you are you learning something about your community that you didn't know before? I definitely learned a lot from this, just from hearing the experiences from each and everybody that was involved, because we had people all over San Antonio, and I think sometimes when we're listening to the news or when we're hearing things, you hear about different struggles that people have, but you don't actually see that or experience it with them. So for, for me, I mean, I'm over here talking about how I've been able to work from home and go to HEB and buy extra stuff to try out new recipes. But literally someone that I'm sharing experiences with on a Zoom call is either laid off from work or got their hours cut back and they have no way to shop for groceries. Um, they're waiting in line, you know, at like a food pantry. So it's totally different for me. It was, it kind of opened my eyes to see how different people live within the same city. And sometimes even within the same neighborhood, like just a few houses down, somebody has a completely different life. So for me, it just kind of opened my eyes to see that more. Um, another thing that I think I've really been learning in this season is that this should, it shouldn't be so much of like social isolation, but more of physical isolation. Like we don't have yeah. to isolate ourselves at home and not try to help our neighbor or help other people survive, but to still engage with people and talk to people that we've never spoken to before and just reach out and show people that we all should be caring about one another every day, not just during this time. Oh, that was really, um, I think, wonderful. We, we think of San Antonio as a compassionate community and I think we have so many examples in past crises like natural disasters or when we've had refugees um, dropped at our bus station the way the community has responded has been so beautiful but this is different for us because we can't all just rush out and, and volunteer and so thinking about what compassion means to us as a community at this time was a really interesting conversation and, and some participants said it was hard for them they wanted you know to see all of this pain in the community and not have an immediate way to help um, they had to think about you know if i'm um, if i'm vulnerable physically can i donate money um, mm -hmm. you know what are the ways that we can demonstrate compassion to our neighbors and all of the examples that we heard were just so wonderful from neighborhood level stuff of people organizing scavenger hunts from kids to teachers, you know, doing um, parades through the neighborhood to honk at their students and let them know that they care, um, you know, to more organized citywide efforts yeah. to, you know, address mm -hmm. problems. So that, that was really, I think, heartening for folks to hear from each other. What are the little things that they're seeing um, in how people are interacting with one another? Generally during a crisis, a particular population might be experiencing it and the rest of us sort of step up to the plate. And in this one, we're all experiencing it at the exact same time. Yeah, as y'all are talking about this skill, deepening your skill in facilitation and everything that you're sharing around vulnerability and being compassionate and communications is obviously a skill that you're developing and I'm, it makes me eager to hear what you're studying and how you might see this 
this skill that you've developed applying to what your aspirations are beyond this crisis for your careers and your life otherwise? Basically, Kieran just asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I am a public and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, my majoring in public administrations and I'm minoring in nonprofit mm-hmm. management. So my goal is one day I want to work for a nonprofit with uh, sex trafficking. So um, mm-hmm. ideally, man, I, I really want to just help kids and, you know, people that are in those situations and just put them in a better predicament and just being able to provide the resources and, and just the love and support and care to these people. And I think by being a facilitator, what I learned maybe leadership attributes I can bring is just, um, just being able to listen to people like, like, I know I'm saying this a lot, but listening is just so important. Just um, in an environment where people's voices are heard and, you know, they're, they don't feel neglected. And I feel like as a, as a society that sometimes we can feel neglected and we can feel unheard, but it's just, you know, and it's just, you know, taking the initiative. Right. And I think that's, that's, that's what's part of being a good leader. Mm-hmm. Shelby, are you, you, I'm assuming have a higher caliber calling than helping young people in sex trafficking? <laughs> yeah, how do you, how do you follow that? I know, gosh. Um, I actually want to go into politics um, and be an elected leader one day. Uh, I'd like, I'd love to work here in San Antonio. We'll see where life takes uh, me and my family, but Nonprofit work has really always been something that I've been passionate about because of growing up in San Antonio. You see it everywhere. Um, And that's something I loved about living here pretty much my whole life. Um, But for my own career, I'd love to go into politics and try to renewver where money goes um, and try to make sure like it goes to places that really need it. Um, And yeah, I guess that's, that's as far as as I've gotten in my, (laughs) my life. Um, even facilitating these, we talked about it in class earlier today, that facilitating has really taught us a lot in terms of going into your career after school and trying to be a leader in whatever you do. Um, I feel like that's something that we've been learning a lot from our class. And even I think one great example that Gina, you actually mentioned today uh, earlier in class was that the act of listening is even um, an act of compassion. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Creds, creds to Gina. That was her line. That was actually one of the participants in our conversation said that I was just. Oh, echoing. really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Passing That's along awesome. wisdom. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So what's next? Like after these conversations, now that they're done, you're going to what? Compile a report. What do you do with the information? Well, we're sharing, uh, we're sharing what we learn both with all of you at SA 2020 and also the folks at Compassionate San Antonio. Um, and we're also going to share what we heard across conversations with all the participants. So maybe they were in a group of six people, but they can kind of hear um, how other groups responded to these questions. And, um, and, and one of the questions that we asked was, what do we hope to learn from this experience as a community? And then I think, you know, it's really up to us on, on, um, and the folks who participate in the conversations on whether we want to advocate for some of those things. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I know that y'all are the asker of the questions, um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's important that we ask you this question. What do you yeah. hope to learn from this? I know in some of the sessions I was in was that we don't want to forget what we've learned during this time. So to just go back to normal and forget that it even happened and never check on your neighbor again. 
but to everything that we've learned, such as checking on your neighbor, listening, being aware, um, learning other ways where you can help people that might be out of the ordinary, um, just being able to unify and be together so we can help each other get through this. Right? That's something yes. that a lot of us said we don't want to forget after this. Yeah, I kind of wanted to to agree with uh, what Shelby had to say with unity. Um, I think during this pandemic, everybody's together. Everybody's, you know, everybody's with each other. And then, um, so one of the concerns was, you know, when this goes away, like, is this still going to be a concern or are we going to be, are we going to, are we still going to be all together? And um, I, I think that's, that's one of the things that, um, that I've learned, but also just from talking to so many of our members is just being grateful for what we already have. And not also that, but let's, let's not also only show compassion in a pandemic, but let's do it after, you know. Gina, did you have one? Well, I think one of the things I heard a lot from folks that really resonated with me is just thinking about how we build community, how we build trust in our community, and how we rally as a community to solve the challenges that we face together. Um, and I think that's, that's more important now than ever. Yeah, we keep saying over and over again in each of these conversations that we've been having, um, San Antonio's community vision literally has a sentence written in it. It says, we are all responsible for our collective well-being. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's like been so clear, more so than ever right now, that um, we are all responsible, right? Um, yeah. uh, in doing whatever we potentially can. Everything that you're sharing is is opportunities to strengthen leadership um, during the pandemic yeah. and beyond. So I appreciate the work that y'all are doing and also the, the skills that you are elevating that everyone, uh, whether you're a student in college currently um, or you're someone who's designing policies and programs and budgets at this moment, um, all have a role to play in strengthening our leadership so that we're being compassionate and responding to the needs of our community at this moment and then even once we get through this crisis. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that y'all are continuing these conversations, that we'll uh, be the benefactors of your smarts. Mm -hmm. um, we will take all of your notes and utilize them to help reaffirm and strengthen San Antonio's community vision moving forward. Um, any final thoughts? I feel like that's like a Jerry Springer weird question to ask, the Jerry Springer final thoughts. That's, uh, <laughs> but, um, I, I have one last little thing. I think it's important for, ever, for whoever's listening that when we're talking about leaders, we're not just talking about elected officials and people that are in oh. government. Yeah. Hold but, on so we can slow clap it! Yes. <laughs> but that we all uh, just, you know, like we the people or we citizens can, we're the leaders for our society and we can be the voices for what our, counterpart, our counterparts or what our neighbors need. Thank you, Shelby. Yes. Yes, Shelby. Yes. yes to that. Uh, you can vote for Shelby in another couple of years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. You can vote for her right now. She's a leader. There you go. Oh, 2030. She's already got it. It's on the vote. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Y'all, thank you mm -hmm. so much for the work that you're doing. Yes, to everything that you just said. A leader is a leader is a leader is a leader. And it doesn't matter if you are elected to be that or you are just that. And thank you for just being that, y'all.